0: Everybody, it's Allie and welcome to our YNR chat for Sunday, January 26th, 2020. I can tell you that a month ago, I would have predicted for sure that Nick and Phyllis would have ended up back together. And now here we are in 2020. Nick is spending most of his time with Sharon, or in Sharon's orbit, and Phyllis is asking Chance out on a date. <laughs> you could knock me over with a feather with the way this shook out. I almost cannot believe how shamelessly Phyllis is trying to seduce Chance and steal him away from Abby, pulling the Grand Phoenix Hotel's fire alarm just so that she could put an end to the hanky-panky that was going on upstairs in the hotel suite between Abby and Chance after their romantic night on the town where they had burgers and coffee and dancing by the old jukebox. (laughs) They were fawning over each other all night, looking like a gorgeous couple, by the way. And then at the end, Chance invited her up for a nightcap, and Abby agreed. She said she thought she would very much like to go have that nightcap. (laughs) But Phyllis saw them, And Phyllis needed to put an end to it. Now, how Phyllis knew in advance that Chance had equipped those fire alarms with some kind of blue dye that was supposed to explode upon the person who pulled it, (laughs) the poor person who actually is sensing a fire and is pulling the fire alarm just gets doused with blue dye. I don't know how Phyllis knew that that was going to happen. It's beyond me. But the way that Phyllis totally distanced herself from being the person. Who pulled the fire alarm was, it was nothing short of beautiful. The way she showed Chance that, hey, wasn't me, my hands are clean, and then ripped open her robe, showed him the goods, and asked if there was anything else that he might want to check on her body to see if it was covered in that blue dye. You want to check anywhere else for this blue dye, Chance? <laughs> Whoa! We have got to put a poll on this one, you guys. I need to know, are you rooting for Phyllis and Chance to hook up? That's our poll question of the week at yrchat.com. Are you liking this? Are you rooting for Phyllis to hook, line, and sinker this man? (laughs) Or is this simply too much for you? I feel, I'm gonna guess that the majority of YNR fans are probably hating Phyllis right now, or probably not enjoying this. They're probably turning away in disgust at how shamelessly she's throwing herself at him, but I have to admit, I'm kind of loving it for it's scandalousness. <laughs> it's getting me talking. It's getting me riled up. I mean, Phyllis is naughty. Naughty! She, She's the name that's on my lips right now, and I gotta give her points for that. I think I maybe am possibly rooting for Phyllis to hook up with Chance. Ugh. <laughs> uh. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I Abby and Chance make a very adorable couple. That cannot be dismissed. The way that Abby and Chance look at each other, their eyes light up, both of their smiles light up, and they are just cute, cute, cute. It is magic, truly, between them. But I think for me right now, A juicy, sexy, scandalous scandal beats magic. (laughs) I feel terrible admitting it, but it's true. And I also think that I just want Phyllis to hook up with Chance so that she can drain this Vegas secret out of him once and for all. Adam and Chance ran into each other again this week for more vague talking in the corner. Chance tells Adam that she has gone missing, and Adam tells Chance that She is not missing because she is still cashing his checks. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) I'll just continue to wait to find out who she is. And in the meantime, I will just watch the interpersonal drama that unfolds around it. I'm just going to have to not be so focused on this plot line, because I'm not so sure that it is a straight line. (laughs) Chelsea uh, catches a glimpse of this very intense conversation going on between Adam and Chance. And Chelsea asks Adam, if there is anything that he needs to tell her, she gives him a chance. And he says, Nope, everything's good. Let's just focus on this cool new video game company that I just bought. Is that a Victor Newman? thing to do or what buying a video game company so that Connor can get involved in it i mean the newmans give gifts of businesses <laughs> and stocks and shares in these businesses i adam would not have been interested in buying a video game development company if it weren't for connor i bet all of the developers at this company, are gonna love this. The owner's bratty son breathing down their necks. Ugh. <laughs> Actually, no. I think Connor is going to very soon be way too in love with Bella to have any interest in video games. All of that is just going to fly out the door because it is romance, romance from here on out for Connor. YNR has officially established the next love story for us, for the next generation. (laughs) Connor and Bella's wedding coming to us in summer 2030. (laughs) Be on the lookout for that. (laughs) <laughs> it was kinda cute. Chelsea and Chloe let Connor and Bella have a mini marshmallow play date together at the coffee house. And when Adam happened to show up to see his son, Chloe Chloe, she 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 nearly lost her lunch. She was completely thrown off of anything good that she had going on there. It was really very sad, because actually, Chloe had just finished talking to Chelsea about Connor's eyes. She asked Chelsea if Connor knew the situation about the cornea transplant, and I had completely forgotten About that cornea transplant. I never made the connection between that and the whole magic eyes thing that was going on while Connor was having his uh, post traumatic stress. I don't know why I always forget about the cornea transplant. I can only imagine that it's because I hated that story. I would rather forget about it, but I'm sure that we are gonna continue to keep hearing about it because you know who loves that story? Josh Griffith, the head writer, he wrote it 10 years ago. (laughs) It's his greatest well of inspiration, all the stuff that he wrote 10 years ago. So that'll keep coming back up. (laughs) But it was weird how we went from Chloe thinking about how Delia's eyes are, in a way, looking at her sister Bella through Connor. It was a very poignant moment, and then Adam comes into the scene, and it was dashed for Chloe. Adam coming in and introducing himself to Bella, you could feel that she almost wanted to jump over the table and strangle him to death. <laughs> Some more. <laughs> she wanted to kill him again, again. <laughs> but then Adam finally put two and two together that it was Chloe who saved Billy that night on the side of the highway. Chloe was very quick to remind Adam that she did not do it to save him. She did it because she was saving Billy from doing something stupid. Saving Billy, not Adam. Never forget, Chloe hates Adam. And I have to hand it to Adam here just a little bit because Chloe tried to kill him twice but only saved his life once, so her murder ratio is still clearly off. <laughs> And yet, Adam had this very sensitive moment with Chloe where he reminded her that whether they like it or not, their lives are very much intertwined. And it's true. But Chloe was not hearing it. She just scoffs at him and tells him to just stop trying to pretend to be human. She sees Adam as something subhuman. Chloe is never going to fully forgive Adam, even if she comes to a place of acceptance for herself. She's never actually going to have forgiveness for him. She's never actually going to embrace him. She's never going to stop wishing that Adam Was not involved with Chelsea, her best friend, the person who she sees as a sister. And so now that I think about it, it's Chloe and not Phyllis who is poised to unlock Adam's Vegas secret so that she can wag that secret in Chelsea's face, and hope that it
1: breaks them up again forever. Hey, Theo! How's your jaw after Kyle sucked
0: you in it? No bruises? (laughs) No further mention of it? Oh, okay. Well, what happened there? On Monday, there was this small jabot work party in honor of the marketing team, which, by the way, Summer and Lola worked delightfully together in order to save from becoming a disaster when the power went out. I thought that was cute. It was a nice little calm before the storm moment. It's always nice to see these expected rivals getting along, and I also like that this YR writing team, team has given us some some, some different plays upon the female reaction when it comes to the men. I mean, Summer and Lola have, for the most part, been pretty mature, whereas, you know, us seasoned soap viewers kind of expect that catty rivalry. We, we expect to have somebody hit over the head with a vase over the man, but it was kind of great that Summer and Lola had a moment of, you know, saving it together. Saving the party, working together—it was really nice. It was also really nice. Speaking of vases over the head, to see Jill in attendance—I do not know what Jill has to do with Jabo anymore, but she is a part of the family, and she was very taken with Theo. <laughs> Jill is so smart. She is so savvy. And she saw right through Theo. She acknowledged that he has a lot of charm. But she also realized that that charm could be a little dangerous. And she told Jack that Theo's one to watch. You better watch out for that one. And she's right. (laughs) I think Jack heard her. It's true. Well, Kyle, as the new co-CEO, gives, at this party, a very passive-aggressive speech, especially when it came to Theo. He gave Summer all kinds of accolades for the wonderful work that she's been doing. He gave everybody else accolades for the work that they've been doing. But he was toasting Theo's efforts with gritted teeth. He did not want to be saying anything nice about Theo. And Theo realized that he could read between the lines. So the moment that Kyle's speech was over, Theo made a beeline back to the kitchen where Lola is. And he starts to schmooze on her. I mean, without missing a As soon as that speech was over, he was back there in the kitchen going on about what an amazing woman she is. Kyle walks in, and Kyle hears that. He asks no questions, just socks Theo right in the face. (sighs) Ah. Inappropriate, yes, but deserved, kinda. The fact that Theo's action was so fast to get back into that kitchen felt to me like a retaliation. I saw Theo's game right then and there in that moment, and I felt like he kind of deserved it. I mean, of course it's inappropriate for a boss to punch an employee or for a cousin to punch a cousin, but at the same time, I was a little bit on board with Kyle there. Theo rushes out of the party. I think that his pride was wounded more than anything else but Lola freaked out about it. I mean, she was appalled with what Kyle had just done. She was immediately defensive of Theo. Poor Theo. I mean, the bad thing is, is this probably worked in Theo's favor because Lola has seen Theo as the underdog for many, many weeks and months now. And Lola, I think, identifies as the underdog. They share that in common, whereas we have Kyle, who was given some of his position given some of his status. And so I almost think that Kyle using his power to knock down a person who Lola sees as having been knocked down by life, I think it's a bad look on Kyle. And I think it really works in Theo's favor. But Kyle made a really good point to Lola as she was defending Theo that, hey, Theo has a thing for you. You've just acknowledged that maybe he does have a thing for you. And you're not doing anything to discourage it. That's the point. It's not Lola's fault if Theo is back there hanging out with her, maybe even coming on to her. I mean, she can't control his feelings for her. But she hasn't done anything to discourage it. So I felt Kyle's argument a little more in those scenes. Now, (laughs) next week might be a different story. Let's see what Kyle does to discourage it when Summer is kissing up on him next week. I told you guys last week, those business trips, they equal mischief. (laughs) Two people going away on a business trip overnight. Ooh. It's going to happen. Naughtiness will happen. Now, Theo, back in Genoa City, has just been warned by Uncle Jack. (laughs) Theo's just been called into the principal's office so that Jack can tell him that he needs to stop goading Kyle good. That conversation needed to happen. Jack needed to demonstrate that he sees the full picture of what's going on here between them. Because up until this point, I feel like maybe, I don't know, like maybe Jack's been given some preferential treatment to Theo a little bit, and was blind to the ways that Theo is poking Kyle. Like, Kyle was getting all of the talks from Jack about this. So I think it was high time that Jack talked to Theo. And I think Theo took it to heart. I got the impression that he heard it, he understood it, and will follow through with it. Because on Friday we saw him have this opportunity, post that Uncle Jack conversation, to go to society and to do what he would normally do. To talk to Lola. To schmooze up on Lola. As usual! But, instead, we saw him choose to walk away. He saw her, and he walked away. So... Back at home in Genoa City on the Theo and Lowell front, it seems like the brakes are on. The message has been received. But (sighs) on the Kyle and Summer end of things, I don't know. Kyle and Summer have their bags packed. They have received a business blessing from Jack on Friday. It almost seemed like Jack was giving them a bon voyage, job well done, go and seal this deal. But the way he was looking at them both and thinking a little bit about them as children, I almost got the vibe that... Maybe Kyle and Summer were the son and daughter-in-law that Jack was expecting to have had, or that that would have potentially made him happier, that he really would have enjoyed it if Kyle and Summer would have gotten married and had a family. There was just this way he was doting upon them that that gave me that vibe. But also, (laughs) in a much more overt way, Phyllis has a private conversation with Summer before she leaves for the trip, and Phyllis has pumped Summer up, forcing her to acknowledge the fact that she still has unresolved feelings for Kyle, that she is, in fact, still in love with Kyle, and Phyllis takes it a step further to reassure Summer that she could have Kyle. She could completely and totally just have Kyle if she wants him. No contest. The only stipulation that Phyllis tosses onto that conversation is that Summer better not be second place. If you want him, you can have him, but you better be able to keep him. Don't take somebody else's leftovers. Don't take Lola's leftovers. And now... I saw a preview uh, at the very end of the Prices Right for presumably the week ahead in YNR. And there was a scene where Summer and Kyle are sitting on the couch. I think they've just closed their big business deal, really riding high on these endorphins. And Summer says to Kyle that she just wants him to be happy. And then she goes in, For the kiss. What? Whoa. Summer has been working double overtime. Scolding Theo for coming on to Lola. And then she's going to go in for the kiss. I am shocked. (laughs) I am pleasantly shocked. (laughs) Uh, what's the likelihood that that preview was a fake out? What's the likelihood that that was all a dream or something? It better not be a dream or something because I can't wait
1: to be mad about this. And now, on to the topic that tops my list of
0: things that I'm mad about. (laughs) I mean, there really is no amount of explaining that Billy can do here that's going to make any difference. Last week, I asked you guys if it is over for Billy and Victoria. The majority of you said yes. 73% predicting that Billy and Victoria are done now. Call it a day. It's over. 27% saying that no, they think there's still a little bit of hope. I mean, honestly, I voted that it's over between them, but to the argument of the minority, it, it has looked worse for Billy and Victoria in the past, even more so than it looks right now. And Billy and Victoria somehow survived it. Man, I had forgotten about how his gambling addiction and his debt had gotten Victoria kidnapped. <laughs> Whoa! I do remember, vaguely, her being kidnapped and terrified. I am so glad that she brought that back up, though, because I had forgotten about it, and now I get to have one more reason to be mad at Billy right now. (laughs) Isn't that how it is? When you're mad at somebody, then you just remember something old that they did, and it piles on. Uh, getting mad at him is half the fun here. The, all of all of the characters, and you know, obviously the truth is, I I've I had forgiven him for his gambling debts, getting Victoria kidnapped. I'd forgiven him for that a long time ago if I didn't remember it. So obviously I am going to forgive him for this eventually. It's just gonna take me a little bit of time. <laughs> And also, I am just so glad that Victoria is finally getting angry with Billy. She has spent weeks and weeks tiptoeing around his moods, and now she's finally owning a mood of her own. It's really nice to see, and she was especially angry, too, when Billy suggested that Victoria gives all kinds of leeway to Victor and all of the things that Victor has done to her over the years, so why can't she give some leeway to him? If she can forgive Victor, then why can't she forgive Billy and just move forward with him? Hmm. Do you think that that's a fair point? I don't know. The relationship that someone has with a parent is so much different than the relationship that someone has with a partner. Ideally, your partner would be someone who you can always lean on. like Victoria didn't choose her father, but she did choose her partner. And so maybe the partner is held to a little bit of of a higher standard. I don't know. What do you think? Was that a good point? I'm not exactly sure. But as a point for Billy's side... I do kind of wonder if the damage is just done. Maybe he is right that Victoria is only capable of seeing things one way now. She does give him an ultimatum. I mean, Victoria sees things in black and white. Either he's trying to get better or he's not, and they're done. So she tells him he either has to go to counseling now, or their relationship is not going to survive. But Billy doesn't think that he needs counseling. Billy doesn't think that he needs to be fixed. He doesn't want to be fixed.
1: Yeah, we know. We've been hearing it for weeks now. So what is he going to do?
0: This is the breaking point. This is the fork in the road. Does Billy buckle down, accept Victoria's side, get back into counseling, and appease her? Or does he choose to just go upstairs and pack? I don't know what Billy is going to do, but the ball is in his court. It's going to be interesting to see what he does next. I know one person who would very much love it if Billy would just go upstairs, pack his things, and hit the road. Nikki accidentally let it slip to Victor this week that there might be some trouble brewing between Victoria and Billy, and of course, Nikki did not give Victor any details. She did not want to betray Victoria's confidence, but Victor caught whiff of it, and Victor was not surprised at all. He's been knowing that this relationship would fail for a decade now. <laughs> and at various points in his life he has done his best to help that along but we are seeing a very different Victor Newman now he is more than just a powerful tyrant he's more than just a business mogul he's the man the myth, the legend <laughs> But he's also a father, and a grandfather, and a husband, and we need to celebrate those qualities when we celebrate the Newman Enterprises' 50th year anniversary! Wow! Please tell me that we are actually going to get a Newman Enterprises' 50th anniversary celebration! And please tell me that it is not just going to be at the Grand Phoenix Hotel or at Society. Can we please just open up Newman Tower one more time for this very special event? I have no sense of Newman Enterprises right now. I think they just plop down Victor's office occasionally, but that's it. There's no other action on that set. We haven't even had a conference room at Newman Enterprises, and I don't know how long. We had a break room for a minute. (laughs) And we had the top of the tower all last year. Now we don't have that. (sighs) If I'm going to celebrate, then I want to celebrate. Okay, YNR?
1: And I would also like some flashbacks, too, if it's not too much to ask. Am I the only one who hasn't picked
0: up on the hidden feelings that Nate apparently has for Elena? I mean, the, I think the writing is on the wall that these two are going to become a couple someday, but I haven't sensed any hidden, burning feelings coming from either one of these two. Not yet, anyway. I don't know, apparently Amanda is picking up on something there because she saw Nate and Elena having coffee, and she sensed that there was something more than just friends going on between them. And so Amanda privately questioned Nate about it. And he didn't really fully deny it either. He said, no, no, there's nothing going on between him and Elena. There never has been, never will be. And even if there was something going on between him and Elena, he would never pursue it. He would never pursue anyone who was already in a relationship. That's just not who I am. Actually, what he said was, no ma'am. That's not who I am. (laughs) It's important because that no ma'am that he said was really sexy and I wanted to make sure that I mentioned it. No (laughs) ma'am. Why isn't Nate getting hot and heavy with anyone right now? The last Nate could barely keep his shirt on and now this Nate won't take his shirt off. (laughs) I don't like it. (laughs) He gets sexier every single week and I feel like I'm getting I, I don't know, I'm getting I'm getting nothing. <laughs> Maybe it's coming. I don't know. I wonder if that conversation between them was just simply more about Amanda though because she almost seemed surprised and taken back by talking to someone who had so much of a conviction about fidelity. I mean, after all of these weeks of speculation, are we actually going to start to see signs that Amanda is attracted to Billy? That he's her kind of guy? And that she might want to hook up with Billy if his relationship with Victoria weren't standing in the way? Hmm. Hmm. Something's about to happen here because... Under the headline of characters who have been mentioned off-screen a million times, but who never actually materialize, I just saw a casting update that we are getting a Ripley Turner. Finally! The actor's name was Christian Keys. That's a very sexy name. Christian Keys. And he did look very sexy, too. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm not sure how long he's supposed to be on for. I don't know if it's a couple of episodes or if it's a full contract role. But I think that this is going to reveal something about Amanda. We're going to finally get into her story here. And if... This Ripley Turner is as dangerous as Amanda seems to think that he is. I wonder if we're going to see Billy helping Amanda out of a jam, and then maybe that will push their
1: relationship to a tipping point. Sweetheart Ray is helping Sharon occupy
0: her mind with rom-com movies and a gin rummy battle royale. And also a visit from Faith, who is headed back to boarding school on the Newman private jet with Mariah, just so that she can pack up her things, get a little sister time, and come back and be fully ready to incorporate herself back into life with, in Genoa City, and so that she can also be there to fully support her mom. I loved that cute little necklace that Faith left for Sharon to find on her way out the door. It was a pendant, and I believe it said, Faith, Love, and Hope. That's a really nice reminder for Sharon right now. I think that gives her something physical she can focus on that will maybe bring her some peace and some calm. I felt bad about Faith's reaction to learning about her mom's cancer. Faith came to visit Sharon, and she was being really hard on herself about... You know, all of the times that she had gotten mad at her mom over something small. And, you know, all the times that she maybe dismissed a phone call, didn't pick it up. And that is such a human thing to feel. Guilt. I could really relate to that because I know I would have that reaction too. But Sharon just really sweetly reassures her daughter. Mm. And Ray reassures Sharon that her tight leather pants game is still stronger than ever. How about Sharon's tight tan leather pants? (laughs) Can we get in on this? Sharon did not miss a fashion beat. She feels awful physically. I'm sure she feels awful emotionally. And yet she still got up that morning and said, Give me the tight leather pants. <laughs> I got to respect that. I also got to respect Ray. We're getting more of his story and I like that a lot. I want even more of Ray's story. I thought that his conversation with Elena at society as they were standing there waiting on their takeout orders. It was so good. They were just making small talk and then Ray realized that she works at the hospital. She's a medical professional and so Ray started asking Elena questions about her experience as a medical professional and specifically with cancer patients. He was asking general questions about wellness and how um, attitude relates to wellness and the overall survival rate of cancer patients. And he didn't give away any information about who he was referring to when he was talking to Elena. But I thought that Elena's response was really smart. She tells him that she can't give him any kind of guarantees, but she does give him a little bit of hope. And she most importantly encouraged him to keep in mind that a patient is much more than just their diagnosis. And that is so right on. Sharon is so much more than just her cancer. And she's so much more than just what she's going through in this moment and the moments that are to follow. She has this whole life. And I think Sharon wants all of the life around her to continue to go on. The reason that she didn't tell everybody immediately about her diagnosis was because she didn't want to be fussed over. And now here she is, surrounded by love, yes, but being fussed over. And out of that conversation with Elena, I think that Ray realized that pretty much the best thing he can do is try to keep things normal normal
1: is the ultimate distraction and the ultimate goal tessa surprises mariah with a delivery of herself
0: <laughs> She comes back into town for a surprise visit, and they only have a few stolen hours together, so they decide to make the most of it. It was lovely. But Mariah decides not to tell Tessa about Sharon's diagnosis, and I can completely understand why. First of all, as Mariah mentioned, this is not really her news, to share. Sharon was specifically asking her loved ones to keep it on the down low, so Mariah was respecting that. But second, I think that Mariah knew that if she told Tessa about what Sharon and she are going through then I think Tessa would have insisted on staying in Genoa City. If Tessa knew about Sharon's cancer, she never would have turned around and got back onto Tanner's private jet to continue the tour. And ultimately, that's what Tessa did. She was here, and then she was gone. And something about that scene seemed... Final, extra final to me, more final than even the goodbye scene that they had a couple weeks ago. I think that YNR had Tessa leave and then come back again shortly as a as it as a cue to the audience that they're not done with writing this couple. They're still very much a couple. They're still like sticking with this story, but. I predict that it is going to now probably be a couple of months before we see Tessa again. I think this was the actual goodbye because there's nowhere else to go with their story as it stands. (laughs) I think the goal of all of this tour business and the Tanner business was to explain Tessa's
1: absence, and now that goal has been achieved. Tessa is off touring the world,
0: and Fenn is coming off tour officially, and probably for a very long time. Fenn reveals this week that he does not want to be pulled back into his unhealthy lifestyle habits that got him addicted to drugs again. So, he's coming off tour. Not going to go back and and do any of that again. He is moving to Nashville, and he wants to start up a life there. Okay. I was shocked to see him, honestly. Um, But I think Wayanar is finally doing a good job at showing us these off-screen characters that they keep mentioning. (sighs) Ah. I bet those scenes were filmed at the same time that the holiday scenes were filled. That's my guess. And I gotta admit, I cared a little bit more about seeing Michael and Lauren than I did about seeing (laughs) Finn. Michael and Lauren are my favorites. They need more story. When Kyle got promoted from co-COO to co-CEO, wouldn't that have made Lauren the sole COO at
1: Jebeau? So why don't we ever see Lauren at Jebeau? And in fact, we saw
0: Jill at that marketing party for Jebeau, but... I'm not sure that Lauren was there unless I missed it. I don't remember seeing Lauren there. We need more Lauren is the point. <laughs> I'm willing to do what I can to get more Lauren and more Michael. We need more Michael. For crying out loud, I'll even
1: tolerate a trial if that's what gets us more Michael. Uh, you guys got me on this one. <laughs>
0: Where are your matching poodles? Mariah said it to Summer about Theo and Kyle. It would be easier for me to read the list of people who did not get this quote right because 28 people guessed that this quote came from Mariah. What was I thinking? Obviously, I picked something way too obvious. I didn't think it was that obvious. I never know what people are going to get and not get. Maybe that's part of the fun. (laughs) I have to take a deep breath and give a whole lot of congratulations to Anna Sandra, Keisha, Daisy, Consuela, Heather, Brittany, Tony, Marianne, V, Jamie D, Robbie, Diane K, Natalie, Henry, Joanne, (gasps) Julie, Sheila, Erin, Ambreen, Cherie, Ellen, T-Nicole, Brenda08, Sherrod, Tori, Lisa, TB84, and Diana. <laughs> oh boy, you guys all guessed it right. And so, as soon as I saw that, wow, everybody's getting this quote, I thought to myself, I've got to pick something a little more obscure this week. <laughs> and then we only had three episodes. So, shh, I was sweating trying to find something that maybe everybody wouldn't guess. <laughs> You're gonna to have to let me know how I did. So let me know if you know who said this. Even the smartest people can be very foolish when it comes to love. Here's a little bit of a vague one for you. So we'll see if you actually heard it. Even the smartest people can be very foolish when it comes to love. Very true. If you think you know who said it, though, go to YRChat.com and leave your guess. (laughs) And if 28
1: of you get it right, then 28 of you get your shout-out on next week's YNR Chat. Well, I read 28 of these names,
0: and half of you I don't hear from on a weekly basis. So these are names that I don't, I'm not normally saying during YNR chat. Where are you guys when it comes to leaving comments? <laughs> You're all in for the quote, but how about coming and leaving me some comments? I want to hear from you. In fact, I heard from D this week who says, I've been a podcast listener for a while and today is my very first day visiting the website. All right, sweet D. Finally, I want I want I want you guys to like get involved. Come give me your your fat your feelings about the show or whatever it is that's on your mind. D says she loves why in our chat and she has a fun fact for us. I happened to see Tyler Johnson Theo in two lifetime movies. It's cradle swapping was the first one. His character was trying to make money selling a baby and Psycho Stripper, (laughs) where he was the title character who became obsessed with the bride-to-be. I didn't know in advance that he was in either of them, so it was a cool surprise. (laughs) Yeah, I would say so. If I was tuning into Psycho Stripper, and then all of a sudden I see Theo, I would definitely be surprised. Wow. Wow. Psycho stripper and cradle swapping. (laughs) Oh my! What is going on on the Lifetime Network? I've got to get on in on this. I mean, you want to talk about some juicy drama? (laughs) I bet psycho stripper was a doozy. (laughs) Maybe Tyler Johnson plays a good bad guy did you get it was he was he uh, he must have been a bad guy in both of them so maybe he's very good at it and he was a very seedy guy I think when we first started seeing him on Yr and wow I mean this really speaks to how talented the actor is that he has so much range that yr really did move him into more of a a, a, a subdued romantic nice guy uh, and so he can play both so I think that that really speaks to his talent. oh my well Diana says I was watching Fuller House the other day since YNR hasn't been on lately it's my guilty pleasure and the actor Noah Alexander Green who played Charlie was on it it only took me a few minutes to figure out that it was him or where I knew him from Fuller House. You know, I was um, also looking for some additional content to to fill out some space for myself this week, since we had the preemptions, and I was googling kind of like um, family-friendly series, because I I need something that I can watch in front of my daughter. (laughs) but that I won't hate. Not a cartoon, not something for my daughter, but something that I can watch in front of, because she doesn't care, but then I also kind of, you know, I don't want some of the darker stuff. There's some series that I wouldn't mind turning on, but then I think, oh, that might have some violence or something. I don't want to mess her up. she's fully able to see anything that airs on a soap. I mean, the smut I have no problem with, but I worry about, I don't know, is there going to be something a little too dark for her? But Fuller House came up as a suggestion. I thought, oh, hmm," because I liked Full House. It was a long time ago, and I've heard good things about Fuller House. Uh, And now that I know that Charlie, actor who played Charlie was on it, I love Charlie! He was adorable. That actor has charisma, I would love to see that, and maybe I will. So, thank you for uh, mentioning that this week of all weeks. What else did you guys do or watch during these preemptions? You'll have to leave me some comments and let me know what you did to fill those extra hours. Sandra made bagels from scratch. (laughs) That's not easy. I've made pretzels, like soft pretzels from scratch. It's not easy. Did you boil the bagels? and then bake them? Is it like a New York-style bagel? That sounds so good. I love bagels. That's one of the things that has just broken my heart since I moved out of Chicago. Can't get a decent bagel. Unless you're in a like a major city, you cannot get a decent bagel. It's all just Sarah Lee, Thomas's, store-bought, on the shelf, no thanks. I miss bagels! Oh, I can't believe you made one. I wish I could get one, <laughs> Sandra. I mean, a homemade bagel, that beats it all, for sure. But Sandra says, since there's no way that she could share those bagels with the chatters, here's something else to chew on. Uh, Ripley Turner, Amanda's ex, will be here before we know it, February 5th. I didn't know it was that soon. February 5th. Of course, you know, who knows about the preemptions and how that's all going to align. Uh, but Sandra also says people are spec. Oh, oh, no, sorry. Uh, YNR also cast a new society employee named Lindsay, and she's supposed to show up January 29th. People are speculating that she's taking Tessa's spot at the restaurant. I read on SoapCentral.com that YNR is looking for infant twins or triplets to play the role of a newborn baby. Kevin and Chloe's baby? Or someone else's? Uh, wow. Huh. Okay, so we're getting a new waitress and then babies. Oh my goodness. Well, would they really need to cast this far in advance for Kevin and Chloe's babies? Although I love the idea that they might have twins or triplets or something. That'd be great, but I, I can't think of who else that would be. Um, yeah, and Sandra mentions that with all the preemptions, who knows when any of this is going to happen. I miss my routine of daily YNR. I know it. Some uh, Talking about these preemptions, some of you guys got n- no aired episodes during, I think it would have been three, five, well, I don't know, maybe it was all five days. Some people got none. Some people got half of an episode. I got all of them. I feel like I hit the jackpot this week. The preemptions, except for Tuesday and Wednesday, didn't affect me at all. Monday, we I got a full, normal, new episode. Tuesday, I got a repeat of Neil's special episode, the one with Victoria Rowell and everybody was sharing memories of him. And while that was a very good episode, I chose not to watch it because I felt like I'm going through enough with Sharon and her cancer right now. I just can't do that to myself. I'm feeling sensitive and I just do not want to, I, I don't want to feel sad right now. Just nope. And then on Wednesday, I got Nikki writing her letter to her grandmother grandchildren from prison, which was a good episode because it had tons of flashbacks of Nikki and all three. I think it was celebrating her anniversary with the show. Just tons and tons of flashbacks of her and everyone around her. That was good. That was safe to watch. And then Thursday and Friday, my episodes aired. I had no problem at all because I'm central time. I think maybe I'm in a tiny little nook of people because I feel like if you were either East or West Coast, you probably didn't get it. But yeah, booyah! I didn't even have to go to CBS.com. I didn't have to deal with their stupid, glitchy video player. (laughs) Lucky, lucky. I tell you, though, um... I don't know how. I don't know what next week is gonna look like. I was starting to worry though when we had one episode on Monday and then repeats Tuesday and Wednesday. I thought, am I gonna only have one episode of YNR to talk about this week? But I was prepared to do it. Believe me, I was prepared to stretch out YNR chat into an hour and a half on one episode. Honestly, I probably could have stretched it out just reading out the names of the who said it quote all on their own. I'm like, "Okay, well, you know what? If we got one new episode, that's fine cuz that, the who said reading the who said it names, that's going to take me that could take up 10-20 minutes right there. So, I'm set. I got this. I had a whole plan for how I was going to fill the space, but I am glad that we ended up getting a little uh, something extra. So, yeah, so our so does anyone know if we're getting preemptions next week. I don't know. I googled <laughs> impeachment schedule and it came right up in the suggested searches, but I think that the only reason it came up as suggested searches is because daytime viewers are searching it. I think people who are normally tuned into daytime are flooding to Google to find out what this schedule is (laughs) and if it's going to interrupt their stories and shows. Because I'm sure that, uh, well, Price is Right aired for me. I don't know if it did for you. Uh, But I'm sure people are missing the talk. Bold and the beautiful. That's that's the only reason (laughs) anybody would be Google on that. Because, I mean, is anybody actually watching the whole thing? If you are, you, and that's your thing, and that's your get-down, you do it. But the fashion is just too boring for me. <laughs> there is no fabulous hair, no fabulous outfits. I'm out. I can't get into it. <laughs> oh. Well, we did have some uh, a, a really hot topic this week at the website. Keisha says, did anyone notice the special Easter egg in yesterday's show? Nick was at the Grand Phoenix bar and the bartender was the zombie devil thing from the CBS show Evil <laughs> I most certainly did notice that. I was so confused by the whole thing. Ambrini says she that he's really good at playing that creepy character. He was on The Good Wife and I enjoyed those scenes. So, it, it's it was so weird. I mean, I guess I should explain it if you guys didn't catch it. It was right it was this weird scene where it, it couldn't have lasted more than 10 or 15 seconds. Where Nick walks into the Grand Phoenix Hotel, orders up a drink, and the bartender is a zombie devil demon-looking character, pours him a drink, and that's it. I mean, it didn't last long at all. It was so perplexing to me. I was enthralled with it. It aired right after a promo of that CBS show, Evil, and right before we were coming back uh, from commercial break for YR. So I had an inkling that it had something to do with, like, a crossover promo between YR and Evil, but it wasn't branded. It didn't say anywhere on it, tune in, YNR fans, if you like soaps, <laughs> then you surely will like horror. So go to here and check out the show. It was none of that. It was just there, apropos of nothing. I googled that also, at YNR, and are evil, and you don't even want to know what I found, but I googled that, but there was no information about it at all, no information on Joshua Morrow's Twitter, or Instagram, or any of that, Uh, I didn't, there was no confirmation, they must have done it just to get us all worked up, and chattering, and to get everybody going, what was that, what was that, and it worked, (laughs) it really did work, um, I, I gotta tell you though, it's not, it's not gonna be enough to make me watch it, are you guys going to watch it? <laughs> maybe that's, maybe their strategy was, hey, this is going to be preempted, so let's direct them to a different show. But no, thank you. Not for this girl. I cannot bring myself to watch something like that. It is too dark for my kitten heart. <laughs> I could tell just by that promo. And the other promos. I've seen I I've promos of it every day when I'm watching YNR. It's just too dark for me. <laughs> Too sensitive. That is probably not a show I would be able to watch in front of my daughter. <laughs> Pretty sure. Ah, uh, Well, I hope that everyone got in on the group self-breast exam that uh, was a call to action from last week. And Ellen reminds us that it's important to remember that men can get breast cancer, too. It is rare, but it does happen, so keep an eye on your boys, too. Yes, Ellen, you know, I told myself to say that last week, and I didn't say it, so I'm glad you said it. Yes, um, breast cancer can absolutely affect men, too. So, And I'm not exactly sure if the process for self-breast examination is the same for men and women, but, you know... I think men need to check that out, too. If if anyone who's touched by this story should um, most certainly follow up and just make sure that you're taking care of yourself. I want you guys to stick around. Well, let's talk about this cancer storyline. Astra says, I hope Sharon's cancer storyline won't get lost to a triangle. Kind of like Michael's cancer did. I remember Michael pushing Lauren to Kane, then causing the trouble with Lily and Kane. Then after that, Michael's cancer storyline disappeared. I hope Sharon and Ray stay together through this and that she doesn't push him away and only confide in Nick, leading to another boring Nick and Sharon reunion. Clearly, Sharon will beat this, but I want to see that journey and not some convoluted drama. Astra, yeah! I remember that they did that with Michael's cancer storyline, and he was pushing her away, and yeah, I know, I, I agree. I don't want Sharon's cancer to be about a triangle, and ultimately, although I find Nick and Sharon to be a very dynamic couple, I that's not what I'm wanting out of this at all. I, I mean, you know... I like that Nick is there to support her, but I'm not looking for romance out of this. That's not the point. Actually, Gary says he read an interview with Josh Griffith, who says the point of Sharon's cancer storyline is to show the ups and downs in a new relationship and how Ray will stand completely behind Sharon. But Gary says uh, we already figured this out. Yes we have. That's so that's a relief to know that that this story is about Sharon <clears throat> and also about the you know Ray standing behind her and the family members who are also affected. That's what I'm I'm very happy to hear that news. Gary goes on to say, "I'm finally impressed with our new old writer. This story, as he explains it, is perfect." If you think about it, Ray and Sharon are a great couple, but what they lack in their newness is something to solidify them. This should do the trick. <gasps> yes! This is the thing that bonds them. This is the thing that solidifies them because yes, Sharon and Ray are very nice. They make a very nice couple, but this is their obstacle that this is their this is their battle that they're going to fight together. Oh, that's a great point. Gary also says that Josh mentioned something uh, about Nikki being there for Sharon, uh, even going so far as to suggest that Phylland, uh, sorry, Phyllis will come uh, to see Sharon in a new light. Oh, good! So, see, I was wondering about this, too, because we had that scene where Nick and Mariah were telling Nikki and Victor that Faith is staying in town, and that made me think, well, I wonder what... Nikki's reaction will be when she finds out the reason that Faith is staying in town and that Sharon has cancer. I have no doubt that Sharon uh, will have a a new ally in Nikki, as will Faith. I think Nikki is going to totally step it up and be there for both of them. Um... Leslie said she thought it was funny when Nikki wanted to go on Faith's school trip, and Victor said, well, Nikki is known throughout the world. (laughs) Yeah, I know. They were trying to keep Nikki and Victor in the dark about the cancer, and Mariah said, yeah, I'm gonna take Bath, back to school. We're gonna get her stuff. Nikki said, "Well, I could. I want to go too." And then uh, Mariah pushed it down a little bit, and Nikki looked genuinely hurt that Mariah didn't want her to go. And Victor seemed like he felt hurt for Nikki. And I thought that was, yes, it was funny and cute, but why wouldn't you? Wa- well, no, it was because Mariah was saying that Faith's friends really wanted to meet her because of her GC buzz days. And she's kind of famous. And <laughs> Victor pretty much said, yeah, well, Nikki's famous too. Oh, see, I think that's cute he was defending him's woman. <laughs> well, let's hop to a different topic here. How about we hop to our poll topic from last week? I asked you, is it over for Billy and Victoria? And Robbie says, if it isn't over for Billy and Victoria, maybe it should be They just can't seem to make it work as a couple. They literally have no obstacles in their relationship other than the ones Billy is putting there himself. Oh, Robbie! Yes! May the clouds part and the sun shine through. That is the truth. No obstacles in their relationship. Billy's creating the only obstacle that they have. Ugh! Yes! (sighs) <sighs> Tiffany says, "I hope Billy and Victoria are done. There are multiple types of abuse, and we've seen that we've seen the physical in the last year that she had with JT. Now I feel like we're seeing a form of mental manipulation abuse. I just hate how he's treating Victoria and I think she deserves better. Diana says, I voted that it's over for Billy and Victoria, even though I'm not really sure. Victoria brought up a good point when she said that Billy likes the idea of sneaking around. We know this to be true as part of the appeal of Billy's relationship with Phyllis. It was that Phyllis and Billy had to sneak around in secret. I believe that Billy and Phyllis even admitted that they both enjoyed the notion of their love as being forbidden and naughty, This theory matches Billy's personality of living on the edge. Mm. Jamie says, Billy craves the drama. He craves the disarray. Drama may not always be the right word, but the disarray, the discontent. It's like he can't just be happy being happy. And that's so sad because that's what we're all looking for in life. Mm. Well, here's another um, side of this argument here. Anna says, In the Amanda situation, Victoria was spot on. I think where Victoria goes astray is that she gets the line blurred between trying to fix the problems in her relationship and actually trying to fix Billy. She's been trying to fix Billy by trying to mold him into the person she wants him to be. Ooh, ooh, oh, that is a really good counter-argument there, and I think it would be easy to do. It would be hard to keep those lines really black and white, because, um, you know, I mean, you would naturally want to fix your relationship, and if you're happy in the relationship, then maybe it would be easy to just transfer those feelings into thinking that you needed to fix the other person, but I'm so glad you said that, because that's a very good counterpoint, and, you know, I get so angry with Billy, and I think, you know, it's hard for me sometimes to see things, well, usually I'm pretty good at seeing things from other points of view, but in this instance, I've just been so darn mad at him that I'm kind of looking for some counterpoints here, so I'm glad you gave me that. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Well, how about this comment? from Laura. Laura says, why oh why would Kyle punch Theo? It just does not make sense, and there is zero rationale. Frustration doesn't cut it. Will Theo sue? Will Kyle get charged with assault? Strange storytelling, Laura says. Um, well, I mean, I guess I got the rationale, but what I don't get was the fact that there was no follow-up on it whatsoever. You ask, will Theo sue? Nope. Will Kyle get charged with assault? Nope. Nothing happened. It just disappeared the next day. They didn't even acknowledge it. There was no bruise, no nothing. Kyle punches Theo. Theo runs out. The next day, Kyle's at the office shaking hands with Theo. And then Theo backs off of Lola. Ooh, I think this, yeah, it's going to start to look bad on Kyle, though, next week. Mmm, yeah, why did they do that, though? Why'd they have him punch him and then just nothing? That's the part that gets me. Uh, but Zuperplex may have it here. <laughs> Zuperplex says, oh boy, now Lola has to sleep with Theo. <laughs> yes, I mean, Kyle punched him, so obviously she she has to sleep with him now. That's the only way to make it better. <laughs> and I know that's what you're hoping for. I mean, I'm for it. I'm for I like Kyle and Summer. I like you know, potentially Theo and Lola. And I like the juicy drama that it shall bring. <laughs> I don't always Um, you know, like and agree with these people's actions. I'm just, from my weird perspective of doing YNR Chat, I just like it when people do things that are scandalous because then it gets me all riled up and then YNR Chat's just more fun. Because I gotta talk about the stories whether or not I find them fun or appealing or whatever. So when I, you know, when I find them to be scandalous, that's extra fun for me. Sherrod says, remember, when Lola and Kyle got married, it was less than a year after such a chaotic start That never ended right up to their wedding day. And only four months after Kyle married Summer. He slept with her, even though he didn't have to and claimed he would not. And then Lola turns around and sleeps with Kyle while he's still married to Summer. I mean, Lola predicted this the night before the wedding chaos, drama, doom. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I think that Kyle and uh, Lola, they are, they're darling, but it has not been an easy road for them. Oh man. What is Kyle going to do when Summer kisses him? Is he going to tell Lola? Oh, ooh. I'm not sure. Chaos, drama, doom. Maybe that uh, maybe that's the preview for next week. <laughs> um, Tina Cole says just a fashion comment. I like Lola's new purple chef's uniform compared to the gray. Maybe I'm biased because I love that shade of purple, but it gives me some pop of color. <laughs> I noticed that too. I think I think I saw it for the first time on last Friday's show. And Sandra says if you rewatch last week's episodes, you may notice that the servers in society were wearing that same color purple as Lola now. Hmm. So Sandra, could something be up at society if they're changing the colors of the of all of the jackets and we're also adding a potential new waitress? Is that connected is something going to be going on at society if all of a sudden we're seeing these visual changes and we have that uh, casting update like why would they go to the trouble of casting a waitress at society and maybe it's just a cameo I don't know if it's um, a, a major going to be a major plot point or not but it almost is a little bit of a signal that something's going to happen there hey another pop of color that I noticed this week Chelsea looks outstanding in burgundy especially when they do burgundy and brown she just looks so good she had on that um like was it burberry that's probably not the right word maybe it's sort of like a plaid but she just looks so good in deep dark reds and browns i mean those are just her color i thought she looked great on friday Oh, let's end up here uh, talking about Phyllis. Oh, this is no! I got a whole another page. What am I talking about? We'll talk oh, <laughs> I was prepared to go with one episode. I was prepared to go, so I got another page. Bear with me. <laughs> Tina Cole says, "I love." The chemistry between Phyllis and Chance. I would love to see Chance with Phyllis over Abby. It's just so entertaining watching Phyllis flirt and try to seduce Chance. I kind of agree. Ambrini says, I was really pleasantly surprised when Abby told Chance that they weren't exclusive and he could go for Phyllis. I thought she'd be possessive. I am all for Chabby. And Chance Phyllis. <laughs> Chabby? And then yeah, what would the name be for Chance and Phyllis? Fance or Chillis? Chillis seems better. Chabby and Chillis. <laughs> and Breedy says, go ahead and dance with the Cobra, Chance. Those two fighting over him could be interesting. And Chance isn't dumb, so let's see. I think he's intrigued by Phyllis, and that's why he always agrees to have a drink with her. Mm -hmm. And I think he agreed to have (laughs) dinner with her, too. She said, pick me up at seven. He said, make it eight. (laughs) I don't know why that tickled me. Daisy was not feeling this. Daisy says, I am not liking this incarnation of Phyllis. She's acting so strange. Any sense that there was ever a strong, independent woman seems to have gone out the window. I can only wonder, though, if Phyllis will find the missing woman and then end up in some serious trouble, and only Chance and Adam will be able to help her. But then they don't trust her. So whatever happens next, I think Phyllis is going to be in for a rude awakening. I would have said that, too, that Phyllis is the one that's going to bust this wide open, and then it occurred to me that what if it's Chloe? Huh. I'm not sure. But yeah, I mean, I kind of had the feeling that people probably weren't loving watching the way that Phyllis is throwing herself at chance. I think I only love it from a soapy perspective. If it were reality, I would definitely say icky. (laughs) Well, this is good. Simone was listening to last week's YNR chat in the middle of the night while baking at her bakery And she almost dropped her cake batter when I compared Adam's suggested seduction of Nick and Phyllis's current seduction of Chance. Simone says... Adam was asking and suggesting Phyllis to use her body, meaning she had no say in the matter whatsoever. And I imagine that she kind of felt the way that she did when her body was used without her permission with the Victor and Jack situation. When it comes to chance, it's her terms, her way. It's her decision to be sexy or not, to use her body in the way that she wants to. Oh, that is a very fair point, Simone. And we did talk a little bit uh, about why Phyllis would have been so offended by Adam's suggestion and the whole Marco situation. We talked about that, um, I think, the week and the week after Adam had made his proposal. And we definitely did acknowledge why Phyllis would feel the way that she feels. I guess I just also thought it was fair to consider it from Adam's point of view, and I think that Adam was never trying or meaning to force her to do something or to remove her from her own decision-making process about it. Um, In his mind, I guess i feel like Adam was suggesting this mutually beneficial arrangement not to pimp her out or anything. And I don't know, if Phyllis hadn't turned around and then like had her seduction with chance immediately, then the comparison between the two situations probably would never have dawned on me. It was the idea that Phyllis would be offended by the notion that she would Use seduction as a means to an end, followed by her immediate decision to turn around and use seduction as a means to an end. That's what caught me. I think that's where I was drawing the parallels uh, between the two situations. But please do not drop a delicious cake on my account. (laughs) I beg you. I do not want to be responsible for that. I take complete responsibility for anything that I say during Ally's YNR chat, but I do not want to be Responsible for the destruction of an innocent cake. <laughs> oh well, um, you know something that I totally missed, uh, Leslie. You have got to fill me in on this. Leslie comments, "Be still, Allie's heart. Ronan's name was mentioned. I don't re. I did. When? When did this happen? Was it this week? Ronan's name." Was mentioned? In what context was was Ronan mentioned? Was it about Phyllis? Was it about Phyllis? Was it when Abby was talking to Chance, saying that Ronan went and had a a, 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 a run around in Phyllis's crazy playground? Is that when it was? Because okay, I did not remember at first Ronan being mentioned this week at all until so I went and I this something else. I googled. I googled uh, Young and the Restless Ronan and then I filtered it into um, search results that were within the last week, just to see if that's my little trick for seeing if anything new, there's news on that front. And there was one article where in the preview of the search engine results, it said... uh, Uh, Jeff Branson is returning to YNR in his role as Ronan Malloy, and I just about lost my mind. I click on the link, and it goes to some 404 Forbidden Access removed page. So, is there some kind of behind-the-scenes news or something going on? Because you do know how YNR loves to mention these off-screen characters, and... I think they learned their lesson about not bringing them on. So is there any chance <laughs> that YNR has mentioned
1: Ronan and then that they will deliver? What this show needs right now is some sex wolf. I will tell you that right
0: now. <laughs> this show needs a sex wolf. And it would be especially hot if Ronan came back and he got involved in a triangle with Phyllis and Chance. Because, yeah, Ronan and Phyllis had a little thing. That would be so hot. My head would explode. Bring Ronan back and put him in a triangle with Chance and Phyllis. (sighs) Or if Ronan comes back, he can just hook up with Phyllis and Chance can just go have Abby. Because I do kind of remember Phyllis and Ronan being pretty hot for a minute. And Ronan was pretty hot for a minute with Chloe. So maybe now's the time to bring him back. Oh, I've been complaining since the, since what? All last year about this new writer and how all he can do is go back to the old stories. And the second I hear that Ronan Malloy might be coming back. Oh, I am Team Josh Griffith. Look at me and my little flag. It has Josh Griffith written on it and I'm waving it. <laughs> Josh, all will be forgiven if you bring back Ronan. I'm gonna forget. I'm gonna wipe everything else out that you've done. <laughs> As if you care. <laughs> oh boy. Well, what's on your mind this week, YNR Chatters? Besides the "Who said it?" quote. <laughs> feel free to go to YRchat.com. I want you to guess the quote. I want you to vote in the poll. I just want you to comment, too. I love getting the variety of comments. Um, I do my best to try to um, make chat broad because, you know, I'm only one person in one perspective, so your comments are what really bumps it up to the next level and gives us a nice broad view of the show with lots of different opinions, so please do. Please feel free. That's what it's there for. Um, this is what I'm here for. It's my favorite thing that I do, and it makes me very nervous about these preemptions. Yr, well, YNR chat is work, I will say that, but YNR itself is my <laughs> equivalent of some daily meditation. That is my hour. That is mama's hour. <laughs> I don't have to think about anything else. I don't have to do anything else. I just get to escape into YNR, and it is so needed. I did not know what to do with myself. I did watch a couple other things. I didn't know how long it was going to last. So I was like, okay, I could watch an episode of this or that. I didn't know. Yeah, I can't really get into anything, I can't pick up a whole new series or something because I don't know how long these preemptions are going to last. But luckily, it was only two days for me, and I was so happy. I mean, by the time it came back on, on Thursday, I felt better. <laughs> I had an immediate uptick in my whole attitude, my whole personality, my whole everything. I love YNR. <laughs> And I know you do, too, or you would not have made it to the end of this. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I'm going to get going, though, and I'm going to be back next Sunday. So count on it. Go to the website. Leave your comments. I'm gonna looking forward to seeing what you guys have to say, and we'll
1: come back next Sunday and chat about it. All right? I love you guys. See you next time. Bye.